Blog Talk Radio.
here it is, the groove slightly transformed, just a bit of a break from the norm, just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control, it's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance, give me a soft subtle mix, and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause it's summertime But back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes she turned around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Rich Yelma here live on Southern Sports Central alongside Will Porter here pushing the buttons and uh, getting us ready to rock and roll on the other side of the glass here. So we're uh, going to get you ready for another solid segment here of course uh love to uh get you guys involved with us make sure you're following us on facebook at southern sports central and on twitter at so sport central now some sad news uh we mentioned this uh on tuesday i didn't get much into it and uh you know i i do want to get into this here now because again a, another sad story of another young lost life um this time out of the uh area of the uh, florida area of course a uh, florida High school football player, bright, shining star, has unfortunately dimmed here after becoming a much sought-after recruit. The young man's bright future would never come past following his uh, untimely death. And now investigators have ruled it out a a suicide. Uh, Of course, uh, Bryce Crowdy is the uh, young man that we're talking about here. 17 years old, died on Monday in his hometown of Deerfield, Florida. After being hit by a train, according to Atlanta Journal-Constitution, authorities arrived to the scene shortly after 4 a.m. and transported the teen to the hospital where he later died there. Um, Gowdy had been, uh, well, a standout on the Deerfield Beach High School uh, football team as a uh, football player. He helped his school in 30 wins over the last three seasons. And, um, man, this young man received over 30 scholarship offers, including Penn State, Syracuse, Oregon, you know, of course, uh, but in July, he had committed to uh, play football at Georgia Tech, becoming one of uh, college top recruits. Uh, Crowley's death came just one week before he was officially set to join the team as he had finished the school semester early. So an early enrollee uh, was on his docket. And, uh, you know, you, you hear this news, and I know his mom came in and uh, you know, I don't I don't think we have anything there to pull up with her uh, on her story. Uh, but when when you look at it and, and, and put it in perspective here, uh, it's very sad because there's so many different sides of this coin. I, I want to kind of get into here with this segment here. And um, 
And, and to be honest with you, you know, when, when you hear things like this, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a high school gentleman or young lady or college or, or just in general. And uh, the way the story went was the factor that this young man, uh, him and his uh, family had bounced around in hotels uh, economically, you know, uh, financially. Things were tough. It uh, sounds like to me things were tough. He had uh, some siblings with him. His mom, of course, uh, had uh, gotten, a, I guess, a place there in a, in a hotel room. She sends him out of the room to go down to the car to go get a blanket. He never comes back. Evidently, at that point in time, he decides to head over towards the railroad tracks there. And uh, my guess, again, from what it sounds like, is he, he jumped in front of a train to some degree. And um, he had dealt with injuries uh, from what I've read. And uh, I believe that was one of the uh, the many things uh, that he had dealt with. Uh, and I've said this on this same show because, unfortunately, this isn't the first. This won't be the last. You know, it's one thing to lose an athlete to a car accident. It's one thing to lose an athlete or anybody to a, to a situation. But when it comes down to something like this, you know, I'll stop this entire show in its tracks and do an entire show about this. You know, I've been very fortunate to have the Holinsky family in here on uh, National Suicide Prevention Day. That was uh, very touching and uh, a moment for me. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, I did go out on social media last night and uh, put out uh, basically a, a Batman sign there in the form of the Holinsky 3 symbol that they have. Now, the Holinsky Foundation is a nonprofit organization formed to promote awareness and educate uh, of mental health and wellness and student athletes. The foundation mission is to look, is to uh, educate, advocate, and remove the stigma associated with a mental illness by funding programs that provide student athletes with the tools and resources that support mental health and wellness. You know the pressure that comes along with being. You know, an athlete, I get it, it's very tough. And these young kids these days, uh, everything's a right-now moment. Everything they have is, is right now in front of you. That's not always a good thing. There is no waiting. There is no, well, give us a sec. No, it's right now because it's going to be right in front of your face, and you're going to have to deal with it immediately. And that happens. And the problem is that you get situations like this. So what I would like to do, what I'd like to see happen, is that school officials start to take an immediate precaution on this right now this is not a moment that we can afford to wait and, and we'll talk about it later now we talk about it right now and it needs to be talked about in every school and every campus there needs to be a a winter time and a springtime that they have athletes in rooms to have this conversation and then there needs to be a buddy system put in place that sounds weird but it's not Every athlete, 99% of every team, matter of fact, I don't know a team in athletic right now. You may play singles in tennis. You may play singles in this, but you have a team around you. There needs to be a buddy system put in place. Accountability uh, is, yeah. is the word I think that you're looking for. Um, yeah, th- this is, it's an important um, aspect to the game. It's something that goes unnoticed is the mental health of uh, um, athletes and student athletes nonetheless, because I, I think, uh, me personally, I I do believe that they have it uh, uh, tougher than most uh, of the of the professional athletes. And and you know, Helensky's Hope was founded after um, the death, untimely death of uh, Washington State's quarterback Tyler Helensky um, back last year. And 
just the um, just how completely unfortunate that the the whole situation was surrounding it. That this was completely out of character for him and his uh, the the entire community of Washington State and his parents and um, and those that were around him were 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 heartbroken, distraught because they never thought that this would happen, but yet it did. And and so they turned their their um, this sorrow into um, an uplifting of of his name and his legacy, and to continue to remember him this way um, by by creating Helensky's Hope. And this is um, talking about the stigma that that surrounds mental health. If you if you show that you are uh, e- even the slightest bit of of off, then you're considered weak. You're considered uh, to not be a, as tough as you um, as you should be, and that and that, that's the unfortunate stigma around it. And and I hope that I'm not missing the mark in saying that. Um, you know, I, I went. Uh, I think this was New yeah New Year's Eve or or the day before, so it was probably Monday. But sometime this week, I went to um, I went to Palmetto Moon, one of the outfitters uh, here in Somerville, uh, just to do uh, some some last minute uh, holiday shopping for. Uh, for myself, uh, and I, I came across at the counter these. Uh, they had Helensky's Hope bracelets, uh, and they they were selling them for I think three dollars a piece. Uh, there was one, uh, the one that I got, of course, is in uh, Clemson colors, and that's probably not good to say to um, a Carolina fan. But nonetheless, they have them in in those colors. They have them in the garnet and black, uh, and then they also have them in the uh, in the colors of of Helensky's Hope. That is the um, that is the red numbers and letters with the uh, blue band uh, and on the inside it, it says or on the outside it says Helensky's hope and then the number three because uh, that, that was a uh, Tyler Helensky's number all throughout uh, high school into his college days uh, and on the inside of it is the national uh, suicide prevention hotline um, and I'm going to give that that number out here real quick that number is 1-800-273-8255 because th- this extends far beyond the athlete it, it extends into uh, those that, that are closest to us. I, I have uh, friends that I know uh, who struggle with this day in and day out. Uh, and, and it, and it is, it, it's huge. It, it is a conversation that, that goes um, unspoken. And it's something that I, that I, I personally believe deserves more attention than uh, the public eye gives it Richie. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I'm going to see if you can. I wasn't going to, but see if you can pull up the video uh, of this young lady on, uh, and maybe we can play it. But the mom who who has her, her phone wouldn't quit going off to a point that she thought thought maybe that going on Facebook and doing a Facebook live video to answer all the questions to keep the people from quit calling in, you know. And, and we'll kind of try to play that one, uh, you know. And, and Will, you're right. Here's here's the neat thing about that bracelet that you have on, and, and the shirts that, that that they have, and and all the things that are provided by bringing awareness as you wear these things. Um, you know, it, it is in every color. I mean, it started in, in Washington State, and it's melted. It's all the way uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast. Of course, their their son uh, is uh, the starting quarterback for the Gamecocks now, as uh, he'll be a sophomore next year. He's a freshman this year. And uh, what's interesting is they're all across the country, uh, the beginning of the third quarter, uh, you see three fingers going up. It's kind of, uh, it's been a very, uh, very emotional moment for many. And then they actually recognized uh, that same quarterback uh, over at Washington State this past season uh, as a senior. 
and uh, another emotional moment. But uh, to go back to this young man who, whose life ended way too early, uh, I can speak on behalf of an athlete that was hit by a drunk driver um, my sophomore year. You know, I come in after my eighth grade year playing varsity baseball. Uh, I had played football. I had played into my freshman year. I played again uh, baseball. And then coming into my sophomore year, it was supposed to be a big year for me. You know, it's my third year as a, as a starter on varsity playing baseball. I'd, I'd already made my, my route through the football ranks as well, getting into varsity after my sophomore year. But a drunk driver hits my car going 55 to 65 miles an hour in my door, and it breaks my arm. So everything that I knew at that moment, coming into the season, I was – I was going to be, it was going to be a ready to rock and roll season for me. I didn't get to play until the very end of the year, but I went from being in the headlines to never being talked about, to never being in the conversation, couldn't practice, couldn't do anything. Had to rehab the entire way through it. And I got to ask you something, you know, what do you do then? How do you handle it? How do you handle all that five-star tension? And then you don't get it anymore. For me, it was, it was so hard for me. To, to really wrap my arms around it because here I am going after interviews, uh, being in the paper all the time, poised to be getting ready to come back and, and have a, a, a sensational sophomore season. To now I have to watch everybody who I couldn't even play. Again, I had a great, um, had a great year, my, my sophomore year playing football. That was great to come in and, and, and take over for a senior quarterback who, who was benched throughout the season. And I come in, take his role uh, for some situations. And we end up running into the playoffs. We had a great run, man. The momentum was there. And then boom. Now, of course, I didn't go through the suicidal part before that. But I can tell you, man, the things that went through my mind even then was, man, it's, it's, it's almost like it's like lost hope, man. It's, you're you're so used to being in the hallways of your classmates and them high fiving you to if you're not on the mound or you're not throwing the football, you're not catching the football, you're not making tackles and whatever sport you're in, you're not out there and somebody else is, you feel like you're you're worthless. Yeah, you become irrelevant at, at that point. You know, um and and in talking about Bryce Gowdy here, you know, you mentioned that he was going to be going through um a, another stint of uh, rehabbing his his injuries uh, that that have uh, that plagued him um, in his young uh, in his very young career throughout high school and uh, I think that Georgia Tech was was looking at that at, and deciding to take it take a chance on him because uh, not a lot of schools would uh, would go after an athlete uh, probably go after an athlete that um, that has a, a string of injuries or or what have you but um, I I think that that is a gateway. Uh, that goes into uh, into the problems that that eventually uh, lead into the, the the suicidal thoughts or actions is that um, like one, once you are are on one side of of that coin to now being flipped to the other from being relevant to being irrelevant or or how however you look at it it can be the slightest thing um, but but that changes mentality so much and that changes. Um, that changes the perception of yourself. That changes the uh, perception of your career and and the trajectory that the uh, all the hard work and dedication that you put toward. And then all of a sudden an injury happens, and then you have to rehab. And then that that progression is is halted, or you have to dial it back um, on on the scale of however you you as an athlete judge yourself. 
And I, I personally can't speak on it because, um, you know, glory be to God that I've never been uh, injured in, in those, in those ways, but also I never was an athlete I, uh, or an athlete, like a football player to put myself out um, in that, in that constant, um, uh, in that constant day in and day out work of, of just physically exerting my body. Um, and, and it's a demand. I, I see it. It's a demand that um, the game has. It's a, it's a game that's very physical um, and it's very mental as well. A lot of, uh, a lot of the hits that you see that are taken are, uh, you know, some of them are to the head, others are, um, again, are to the body, uh, and it wears you down. And, um, you know, for, Bry- for Bryce Gowdy, again, it, from what I read and from the information that I could gather, it was because he was going to go through that uh, rehab stint again. I don't think that he wanted to do it. Um, that, that's not taking away from, uh, from his abilities on, on the field. Um, and it's not to take away the life uh, that, that he leaves behind. Um, it, it's just really unfortunate all around to see a 17-year-old, a, a bright young man that just had a, had an, a future of all the possibilities. And uh, to see it cut short um, just like that, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I, I think that you can hear it in my voice just talking about it. Um, and how somber of a moment that uh, that this is uh, for Georgia Tech, for uh, for that community in in Georgia, uh, just all around. And it's again, uh, you know, the talk about mental health and mental illness is is a conversation that um, is very seldom talked about, um, and it, and it's not talked about enough. I think that I think that that is something that that you and I, Richie, uh, can can attest to. I think that's something that uh, a lot of the a lot of the public, um, like a lot of the public opinion, who who is um, who has been open to this and who who knows uh, a lot of the ins and outs of this conversation, agree that it's not talked about enough. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing is that it's it, the, the thing is there needs to be. And again, I, I mentioned this earlier, there needs to be a buddy system put in place because when an athlete goes down, they need to have somebody and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to be a coach. It could be another player and, and you bring them up. I mean, it, what comes to mind to me and, and we're pulling up this interview, uh, this young lady who goes live on Facebook. With that being said, if you remember the Titans movie, and 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 the and and the coaches and it was for, but nevertheless it was get to know your teammate. And uh, Denzel Washington playing coach uh, coach Boom I believe is who it was, and said you're going to get to know your teammate and you're going to learn everything about him. So get to know him. And until you can tell me something about your teammate, we're going to do two three days and, and, until further notice. I like that atmosphere. I like having that now because here's what has to happen. He he or she. Because the females are dealing with this as well. They should be able to lean on somebody and not feel like they're there alone. Now, my thing is, this young man looks like to me he was the man of the house. They were struggling financially in many areas. The kids started asking these questions that day. And I mean, a lot of questions. And he doesn't sound like he's a talker very much. But started asking questions like, 
what do you, you think you guys would be all right if something ever happened to me? You know, things like that. The questions were there that he was asking. Mom, unfortunately, probably working multiple jobs, trying to keep things together, keeping this family together financially. You know, and, and, and I had this conversation last night with somebody. And they brought up the great question. This is something that, that, that you know, I'm sure there's going to be a good fund me that's going to come out of this to help her, the, the mother, with, with financial responsibilities now of the funeral costs. But maybe this this is something that, that it had she be in these type of issues, we should have helped her financially, we being some, you know, the community, somehow getting this young lady some help so that this young child didn't feel like he should burden all that he is on his shoulders. And I think that's what happened. It wasn't just the injuries. It was the entire family scenario. He was the man of the house. He was the man of the family. He was a guy that was leaving. I mean, this is my thing that's shocking to me. This kid was leaving in less than a week to go play football in a Power 5, Division 1, big-time school in Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Georgia. And this starts coming out, and you're just thinking to yourself, my God, my God, this is that's how hard it is for this young man that he couldn't wait less than maybe two weeks to enroll in the University of Georgia Tech, the Rumbling Wreck, and go do what he needed to do so that he could do maybe, hopefully, prayfully, get into the NFL and his mom would never have to worry about a thing. It's an incredibly specific um, timetable of events that that happened, Um, and and it's a very unique situation uh, for that young man. And, um, you know, again, my heart goes out to Bryce Gowdy uh, and his, his mom, uh, his family, uh, and, and the, the entire community. Um, I think of Deerfield, Florida, is the location of where they are um, in that community of where, where he's from. And like you said, yeah, two weeks, one week until uh, he was going to enroll early um, and, go, and go to school with Georgia Tech, who – by the way, it is such an, an um, such a accredited institution um, as far as um, the, the the products that they put out, um, not even on the football field, but also uh, the bright minds that come out of there. Um, and again, all of that was um, all of that is just it's gone now. And now, do we have that sad. video pulled up? Have you been able to find it? I, I'll I'll be able to find it. Um, I think it probably is embedded in the story. Yeah, uh, let's see quite a bit, of, quite a bit of scrolling to have to do, but yeah, um, you, you may be able to go to you just go to YouTube and Google that part of it while we do this. But uh, yeah, we're gonna play this here hopefully in just a few seconds here. We'll, we'll get this at least to hear the mom. I, I'd like to give her a voice, give her an opportunity to be heard. And and, and if you're a mom, you're a dad out there, uh, you're a grandma, you're a family, you're a friend of of, of somebody. Uh, and this doesn't just go to the football field. Now, this does connect to us because of a, an athlete. But there are kids across the country who um, deal with certain things. Because of social media, it makes things a lot easier to bully now, to bring things out now. Or right now, moment something happens, first thing you see is a camera going out. People will take out their camera before they reach out their hand these days because they want to be the first to report a fight, a situation. You know, anything. So I'm going to encourage you guys to be be part of the solution. Be part of that positive part that reaches out. You know, and again, this is something, again, that reaches out to my heart as well. And I would encourage you guys, if you're looking, 
and you're an organization that, that has a youth group around you, or you have a high school program around you, or you've got a bunch of athletes, young, powerful minds, I encourage you to try to reach out to the Hunsky family. They'll come down. They'll come around. They'll come wherever you need them to come to, and they'll talk to you. Again, it's a, it, uh, the Hunsky Hope is a foundation. It's a nonprofit organization for them to promote awareness and educate mental health, wellness for student-athletes. You got to educate these young people, guys. It is so important. It is so important. And it, and, and it literally yesterday, as I'm reading more into this, because I knew I was going to talk more about this here today, because Tuesday was so wide open, that I wanted the story to come out a little bit. I needed to get more details before I, I mentioned any of this. But it literally last night, as I'm putting this thing together, you know, it, it brought a tear to my eye. Because here's a young man. Here's another young life. That, that we've got to get we 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 got to stop this before it becomes an issue. And uh, again, you know, when you, when you think of this situation, uh, there are somebody right now in your hometown dealing with, with something. So we need to stop this before it begins. We need to get on this immediately. This needs to move up to number one on the priority list to to our politicians, to our local authorities, to all of those inside the classrooms. Teachers, listen up. You know these individuals that are in your class. Reach out to them. Have that conversation with them. Have have that moment with each one of your classmates. I understand that, you know, it's 33, 34, 40 deep inside your room. But don't just sit there and just be a robot. Be a mentor. Be Be involved. Be engaged is the right word there. Be engaged with your athletes. Uh, we are probably going to go ahead and here take a break. Uh, we'll try to find it coming out of break, I guess. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll either play that or we'll, we'll keep moving. But, uh, you know, I do want to, uh, again, send out my hearts and uh, thoughts and prayers to those in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And, uh, and just tell you, if this is you and you hear my voice and you're struggling right now and you think it's real bad, you think right now it just doesn't get any better, you ever want to let somebody down? Give up. You ever want to disappoint somebody? Give up. Because as long as you're trying, you're not losing. As long as you haven't given up, it's all right. And it's okay to fail. You need to understand that. That's life. You'll fail at your job. You're going to fail a lot of times. You're going to fall more than you probably stand. That's how you get better. They cannot help you if you're not here to be helped. But if they've helped you a little bit, it's worth you to fight a little bit more. So if you need a number, here's the number to call in. It's an easy number to remember. It's 1-800-273-TALK. It's that simple. 1-800-273-TALK. Punch it in your phone, call them up, reach out, and just talk. Have the conversation. We'll take a quick moment of silence. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, some of the games from over the weekend. Uh, over the week, excuse me, it feels like Monday here because we had yesterday off. But... Um, you know, this, uh, they say enough's enough. And uh, how many more lives is it going to take for us to, uh, to, to, to dial into our youth? And uh, maybe we go back to the uh, – maybe go back to a few things that we used to do back in the day. Maybe we go back to a little bit more accountability here. But uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that here in the next few days as well. But uh, thoughts, prayers to those of the family, to the friends, to the teammates, to the coaches – to the teachers, and uh, 
the community of Deerfield Beach, Florida, and the high school over there where this young man went to school. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. I'm here live on Southern Sports Central. It is uh, January the 2nd. We say Happy New Year to you and your family and friends. Hopefully everybody made it out safe and sound and uh, working on those New Year resolutions. Uh, I guess the gyms will be packed here for the next couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. And uh, a few other uh, things that you've decided to stop doing this year that you were doing last year. I know at the church I'm at uh, over at Cathedral, uh, they've got 21 days. Uh, series that's coming up, and they're going to fast on something for three weeks. Uh, of course, uh, that's always a, a, a good time to find out whether or not you got the discipline in you. It all begins uh, within, and it all pours uh, out there. Uh, we are going to kind of uh, stick to this uh, conversation about Bryce uh, Gowdy uh, as uh, his mother actually went to the uh, social media web 
and uh, we're going to play that, uh, try to get through this, and um, we will uh, we'll listen to her. And uh, I want you to listen to this mom because I, it's a lot more than just an interview. I want you young athletes, I want you to listen to the tone in her voice. I want you to hear the way that this comes out. And if you think it's bad right now, wherever you are, listen to this mom. She is helpless. She can't do anything to help her son any longer. At this point, there's nothing she can do. She can't even speak to this young man. Is this the way you want to leave somebody? Is this the way that you want to fix this problem that you're in? Because you feel like you're such a, such a, a nuisance or, or, or things just don't go right? Is it fair to leave somebody? in this state of mind and, and, and let's go ahead and play that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. We'll have some conversation, but this is the mother of the young athlete that lost his life way too early. This is Miss Gowdy, uh, Bryce Gowdy's mother here as she speaks about her young son who, uh, took his life really early on Monday morning. I'm tired of people calling me. I know you're only calling because you're concerned. So I figured this is probably the best time to go live. Because my phone won't stop ringing. A few days ago, Bryce was talking crazy. kept talking about the signs and the symbols. He kept talking about the signs and the symbols that he was seeing all over the place. And that he could see the world for what it really was. He kept saying that he could see people for who they really are. He was happy though He was talking about his future (laughs) He was talking about Going to Georgia Tech And we were having a lot of Spiritual conversations He had a lot of questions We had a lot of questions about spirituality and life. <laughs> he kept asking me if I was okay or if his brothers were going to be okay. And I kept telling him, yeah, all day. We sat in the car yesterday because we didn't have anywhere to go. (laughs) And he sat next to me all day just talking. (laughs) And I was stressed out. I was too stressed to really deal with it. And I kept telling him I had just started my period. We were on the streets again, homeless. 
the little job I got wasn't paying me all my money on time or in full. And I was so stressed out about taking care of my kids. Around 10 o'clock last night, I finally got us a hotel room. But we still had to wait for Brayden to finish working. We were parked behind Brayden's job waiting for him to finish working. And I told him, I said, Brayden, Bryce, you have to dig within and fight these demons that you're fighting. I told him I wasn't strong enough to help him right now. because you don't have a voice. They can't figure out what happened. 
because you're not here for them to talk to. They're not, you're not here for them to fix. You're not here for them to deal with all the things that they've been dealing with. And trust and believe me, yeah, it's not easy. But I've never got nothing in my life that I appreciated by getting it easy. From being a little boy, getting a toy, to a relationship that you got to fight for, to a job you got to work a little harder for, or athletes, you and I know this oh so well. I ain't never been given a position without having to fight for it. And I've lost a few by injuries, and I've gained a few by injuries. But I had to play, I had to fight, and I had to fight some more. I had to get up. You get knocked down 13 times, you get up 14 times. When you're going through something, that's all right. It's a positive motion in the right direction. Now, this young boy asked every question you could imagine. And if the mom didn't have other kids in the car and she didn't worry about her job and she was trying to worry about putting her babies in, 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 a, hospital, in a hotel, excuse me, you know, and oh, by the way, let's make it a little bit worse. It's the holidays. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. What do you think is going through her, her mind? I'm a parent. I know what's going through my mind. I understand the, the, the thought process of what if your kids didn't have somewhere to go home to? What if they had to sleep in their car? It's not a great place to sleep, by the way, even if you have leather seats or heated seats. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you've never slept a night in your car, and I'm not talking because of any certain reason, if you've never lived in your car, you don't know. You can have an understanding. But there's a lot of difference between understanding and doing. And when you got kids in the car, oh, boy, that is a whole different can of worms there, man. But when you've heard some stories on the other side of this from, from a former athlete uh, that went, ended up going, matter of fact, to Alabama, who lived in Oklahoma, who they lived in their car. But on the other side of this thing, it's just it's hard, and, and, and we'll, we'll wrap this up in about three minutes. We get, we gave this entire hour. I'll give the whole show to this deal because this is yeah. that big a deal for me, and, it, and you it know is. that. It you is. see it on my face, and you, you, you watch my, my eyes water listening to this young woman because I've got four kids. I've got one who has gone through hell. I've got another one who is quiet. He's an athlete, and, and he doesn't say much. So I got to check in with him a little bit more than I do somebody who talks a little bit more, you know, and, and then I've got two smaller ones as well. But, um, you know, I'll give you the number to you one more time. Uh, again, it's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. That's a suicide hotline. It's open 24-7. I, I, again, I don't care how bad it gets. I cannot tell you enough. You want to disappoint somebody, leave this earth too early on your condition and trust me that that disappointment will overflow it because they can't help you anymore that mom can't help that son anymore she heard him but i can promise you what she'll hear more now than ever if she goes back and listens to that interview she's gonna she's gonna struggle wondering did she push him too much because she told him you heard him you gotta toughen up how many times do you think you've been told that as an athlete i was told that every day man yeah. Put some dirt on it, man. Wipe it off. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, and that's the mindset of an athlete. You're hearing that every day. You're hearing yeah. that every day. And again, he had to be the father. He had to be the the man of the house, probably. Mm -hmm. Just listening to the interview. To make it worse, it was the holidays. To make it worse, every year on around this time on New Year's Eve, she'll remember 
that she starts another year without her son and that she was days away from going into the new year with him and the storyline that could have been made with it. Yeah. And the Georgia Tech fans, I'm sure, you know, their hearts are heavy right now as well because you do get to know these recruits. You do get to know these kids coming to your campuses. And this kid was a big deal, by the way. I mean, Deerfield, they, these guys throw out some talented football players and baseball and basketball and everything. Yeah. It's, but uh, I'll let you speak for a sec here because we're going to go to break in about one minute. But uh, your thoughts from that interview quickly. And, um, again, again uh, Will, that's it's a big deal. Yeah. And it's only a portion of the interview, the the or the whole uh, the Instagram or Facebook Live. It is uh, that Bryce Gowdy's mom took to Facebook Live, and it's about um, it's about twelve minutes long, and we only played a portion of it. But I I encourage you, uh, anybody listening to our show this morning, to go uh, just just do a quick YouTube search, Bryce Gowdy. I, I think it's even in the um, the story uh, that uh, that was put on our Twitter at SO Sports Central again. Um, you know, just to, just to listen, uh, to the whole, um, the whole of the story and, and that she goes through it, that, that, that she, um, all the emotions that, that she's feeling right now. And I, and I don't want to uh, call out and say, oh, she was feeling this, she was feeling this. I, I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm not in that position. Uh, and, and let alone, I'm not, I'm not even a father. I, I I don't have kids of my own yet. I don't know how that feels uh, to lose uh, to lose your own. And I I but I can I can empathize, or I can I can sympathize because um, I I am human and I have emotion and um, I I know what dealing with loss is like. And the the best that we can do is just. Um, if, if you're not directly, if you're not directly involved, if you're not, you know, close to the family, that's okay. The best that you can do is to continue this this conversation to bring awareness to um, the epidemic that is uh, mental illness. Uh, you know, especially especially with athletes, but just all around. Uh, this just happens to be a case of of an athlete, a uh, uh, four or five star caliber athlete, um, that just uh, leaves leaves this earth too soon. And and I want to say this as well uh, before we before we take it a break. If if you think that this world would be better off without you in it, then you you need you need to take a step back and, and and take a look at the entire picture because it's it's more than just you. You can hear it you can hear it in her voice that she she lost a part of her. Um, she lost a part of her that day, and. So I, I encourage anybody that, that thinks that if they if they believe, if you believe or anybody believes that the world would be better off without you in it, then I encourage you to take a step back and just to look look around you and and the people that you are connected with, family, friends, um, relatives, coworkers, anything like that. Because there there is it, it's so much it's so much more, Richie. Yeah, I would agree with you here. And, and again, uh, one more time, I'll give you the number. We'll do this here. Uh, we do this on their show. We always end the show. A lot of times we'll give you the, this number to call in and, and something to uh, to think about here uh, as, as we go to our break here to separate hour one and hour two. Uh, but the number to call in is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. That is the suicide 
prevention hotline there. I want to get you guys involved in that. Uh, we're going to take a break here, come back top of the hour. We will turn the lights now to some of the scores, the highlights, and maybe even play that piece from Scott Van Pelt last night that he talked about uh, just kind of that media push, if you will, uh, to college football, to all sports here. But, uh, uh, again, uh, you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Coming up, hour number two. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tents. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Young here live on Southern Sports Central alongside Will Porter here, pushing the buttons, answering the phones, and uh, tweeting us out here on social media. Of course, you can reach out to us live on the air. The number to call into the Matt's Burgers hotline is 323-784-9681. Don't forget to go by and support those who support us. Matt's Burgers is the greatest spot here in Somerville and around the low country for the best burgers in town. They're known for, the, of course, the bomb that is a a smothered, covered chili cheese, onions mixed up there uh, on top of a, a, a massive cheeseburger. Uh, it is incredible. Uh may try to get one of those here later this evening, matter of fact. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm trying to eat a little better. I'm not saying everybody else can get on that eating better train, uh, but it is a great spot. Uh, we, we did talk about an hour one, a young man who uh, took his life a little, well, a lot way to her. 17 years old, young man uh, coming out of uh, – uh, the Deerfield area over there, uh, Bryce uh, Gowdy, who uh, committed suicide on, on Monday night, I believe it was. Um, the story broke loose. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on Tuesday, got some more information uh, as uh, we just played the mother and uh, her, 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 her side of it as far as going on to Facebook Live because her phone wouldn't quit ringing. Too many questions, and she didn't really have time to sit there and uh, – and, uh, yeah, they try to get into. Uh, so as you kind of have put things in perspective, uh, you know, here's another side of this thing. And I need you guys to also understand this. This is how it affects not just athletes. This affects a lot of people. You know, you think about schools in general when they're out for two weeks. It's not just an educational opportunity for these athletes, for, for these students and the athletes. It's also, think about this. It's also a, 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 a food bank and a shelter for a lot of these for a lot of these students, for a lot of these student athletes. You know, think about these kids who they're guaranteed to eat when they get to school. Right? They're not gonna let a kid starve when they go to school. You know, there's programs out there that these kids get to eat 
If it's cold outside, guess what? They get to get in the heat for a while, six, seven hours, whatever it is they go to school for. For two weeks when they're away for break, there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee that they'll get, you know, a, a nice warm meal for lunch like they, do in, like they do in schools. Or there's not a warm place that they're going to be guaranteed to be able to sit in in a classroom. So, I mean, all these things you got to put about it, and, and I think we need to kind of slow down sometimes. I get it. The, it is the time to be giving, and so many people wrapped up in the giving gifts and, and, and getting that, 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 that great gift themselves, right? But it's a little bit bigger than that. I'm going to play this piece now, uh, and that's something that, again, we're getting a lot of traction here on social media, a lot of direct messages um, for us doing this for the first hour, and you're welcome. Uh, we are made to do what we do. Okay, now, I can get up every morning and have a game plan and how I'm going to run Southern Sports Central and have it outlined and ready to roll. But just like when a, when a pastor stands into the pulpit, he might want to talk about something, but as soon as he hits that green light and it's go time and the message is getting ready to be heard, uh, the good Lord above says, not today, Satan. I'm going to talk about this. That's kind of how this morning went. I originally thought we'd mention it in segment two and then keep moving. But it was on my heart to keep it moving with that conversation. All right, so, uh, you know, we'll mention this uh, over an hour number one, and it has to do with uh, Scott Van Pelt, one of my favorite guys here in the, in the biz, who um, he went on to quote and say this. Uh, the most, um, I- I'd say, uh, one of the biggest part of, of, of these head-to-head matchup games um, that has become the way that fans and media try to cook the results into something more. And he's talking about the wonder why nobody can, can be reasonable about the Big Ten and the SEC games. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's really the case. I think it's per team, not per conference, because I've said it on here numerous times that the closest team to me to the SEC is the Big Ten. I mean, it, it is very, very – they're very, very close in, in competition. I just didn't think, and I'm guilty of this, I didn't honestly think Minnesota was going to be able to stand firm with a team like Auburn that just had beaten Alabama. Now, I wonder if they just didn't have three weeks to prepare. Let's, let's remember that. Minnesota's had like three weeks to prepare for a team like Auburn, but so has Auburn to get ready for Minnesota. I'm just wondering if Auburn wasn't coming in here on their toes and came back on their heels. Let's play this piece. This is Scott Van Belt breaking down his thoughts on that big head-to-head matchups. Big Ten and the SEC, they split. And the most insufferable part of these head-to-head games has become the way that fans and media try to cook the results into something more. It does not happen with any other leagues, but it does with these two. The SEC is now 10-4 and four head-to-head in the past, post, uh, past 14 postseason matchups. And I agree with those of you who tire of the suggestion that any SEC loss in a bowl game is the result of some kind of a letdown. The old, oh, they didn't want to be there routine. Sometimes you just get thumped, and Auburn did today. But what is just as tiresome is trying to turn that into a referendum of the entire SEC. Why can't Minnesota just enjoy the credit they earned because they earned it? But that's never enough. It has to be that Auburn actually stunk, which means any win over them for this whole year was a win over a garbage team because the SEC is overrated. I got it. Nobody is reasonable. None of you. None of you. And it is exhausting. Okay, I feel better, Steve. You know, and, and that's Scott Van Pelt from ESPN who, um, you know, talking about the comparison of the Big Ten to the SEC. 
and I, and I get it, and, and he's right. I do think this. I, I do think that you give Minnesota credit. Uh, they're actually going to finish pretty good in their final rankings when it does come out here. Uh, a, a team uh, ranked, I believe, 18th in the, in the poll going into the bowl season. It is what it is. You know, if, if Auburn didn't play some of their starters, and that's why they lost, it doesn't matter. that You lost. You win, you lose. That's the way it works. And it ought to be blown up more because it is Minnesota, because they're not a team in the Big Ten that's one of their power teams. And, yeah, they had a coach who he just he's not he's not very camera friendly. He's not very uh, giddy. He's not very he's not what I say the word. He's not like a Nick Saban. Right. I mean, he doesn't have that swagger on the mic that you see out of even like uh, Washington State over there. Yeah, I, I, he's he's trying to get there, and, and the the push to get the Golden Gophers of Minnesota uh, like back to relevancy, or uh, getting getting this uh, this newfound push because this is not a team that is um, that 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 the culture is surrounded to to win all the time. Uh, I tell you what, he he brought the the Gophers to uh, a 10, 11, uh, 11 win season before uh, Jim Harbaugh has at Michigan, uh, and you you want to talk about Big Ten. Um, you know, talk about how the, the Big Ten is a fluke, but or, or the, that the SEC is a fluke, and that all the, the, the games that they won actually it doesn't even matter. Um, you know, I, that that was a point that was brought up on, on Twitter that I happened to see. Um, but you know, uh, somebody says this that no matter what happens, uh, uh, everyone just wants to make it about a conference. No one cares if motivation or injuries uh, or luck, you know, played a part in the result. Conference pride is so high. Any positive result will be used to push the narrative that a certain conference is better. That, that of course, is, is an opinion out there on Twitter. That, that's an opinion that I kind of carry because I, I can kind of see it. Um, and I can understand that, you know, the whole conference pride and that, the, um, that however many conference teams get into your bowl game determines the success of your conference. Um, you know, that this is, this is postseason football that we're talking about. And and these bowl games just happen to be two selections from from these different conferences to decide who's going to play um, in in this game, who's going to be featured, and and who's going to get a good matchup. Uh, the Rose Bowl last night, such a great, fantastic matchup, Oregon and Wisconsin, and it, and it came down to the wire. It, it honestly came down to the wire. I was thinking that. Um, Wisconsin was going to somehow pull uh, pull the rabbit out of the hat, but uh, then then you have this guy um, in um, in Justin Herbert uh, just being the star studded quarterback that he needed to be for that Oregon team, and lo and behold, that's exactly what he did. You know the, these bowl games, yes, they tell a lot, but they don't tell the whole picture of yes because you win because this team from this conference wins this game, all of a sudden the winner of this game, their conference is, um, is great. And the other team, the losing team, they, they come from, from a terrible conference or that in in the case such as Auburn, that they were, that they were a three loss team, that any win that they had was just a stroke of luck that it just happened to be, Oh, well they are, they are in this conference. So that must mean that it, it, it's just completely uh, ranked. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you, this is for bowl games. And, and, and this is this is coming out. This is a hot take in bowl games. It, it just re- it really comes down to the, the, the personnel and the record that you had. OK. And then kind of just start like just start it over. And this is this is a blank slate. This is one game that you play for and you play to win this game. 
and that carries momentum into the next season. And and that to me I think is more important than than the conference pride. It's more important than than in any of this other crazy talk that um, that fans and and even us that we that we do it from time to time because we we are fans ourselves. We just happen to look at it at it through a different lens, or that we try to look through it uh, a different lens than than most uh, of the common fans um, that are out there. Yeah, I mean, you even go all the way back to Tuesday's game. So we'll look at some of these games here real quick. Here, uh, Tuesday, of course, you know, you, you get into this, uh, you know, conversation. Actually, what we'll do is we'll head to a break here, and, and we'll break up that inter- you know, that conversation as well. And uh, we come back from a very quick break. We'll play a short little song here, and uh, come back. And we'll look at Tuesday's games because there was an upset. Texas did beat Utah, 11th-ranked Utah. They were in the conversation. They were so close to make it into the Final Four. They get blown the doors off of them, by the way. Uh, we'll get into that much more. Let's take a quick break, come back, and we'll do that here as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here. You want to get in with us? Come on in, call in, hang out. The number to call in, 323-784-9681. Again, the Matt's Burgers hotline's wide open, 323 323- Seven eight four nine six eight one. You want to talk about your team? How did they do? Your thoughts on uh, any of the conversations that we've talked about, or maybe you want to bring a new uh, conversation here in? Do it right now. We'll be right back as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps a-rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. But there's rich folks eating from a fancy dining car. They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But those people keep a moving, and that's what tortures me. Well, if they freed me from this prison, if that railroad train was mine, I bet I'd move it on a little farther down the line. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here alongside uh, Will Porter here, pushing the buttons, answering the phone. If you want to call in, hang out with us. The lines are wide open, 
784-9681. Again, the number to call in to us live are 323-784-9681. Come on in, hang out with us, bring your conversation of uh, whatever it is on the docket. It could be NFL football. It can be college football or whatever, again, is on your mind here this morning. Uh, there were a lot of games that have happened since our last broadcast. Of course, uh, we were off yesterday, uh, but here we are now today. Uh, we talk about some of those big games. Uh, the games on Tuesday, they, they kind of came across the, the, the line for me that I kind of started looking into, kind of watching, of course. Uh, the one was going to be the number 11 team in the country, Utah. They, they find a way. Uh, to slide out of the conversation of making it into the Final Four. They went all the way down to number 11. They played Texas. It is in the Alamo Bowl, which is in the state of Texas, oh, by the way. So not a far trip there for the Texas fans. Uh, and, and, again, you can read the stats and the numbers there, but they, of course, say 38-10 to 10 victory for Texas. Uh, you, you know, you kind of joked about it when, when we went to break about them being back. Now nah, you got to win more than a bowl game. I'll give you the credit. I'll give you the data, boys, for winning your bowl game. And it's not your fault that Utah might not have shown up and wanted to play this game. You know, we've said that many I times mean, too. Yeah, that's that's very much possible, uh, and and that that's that's not going uh, to say that that's absolutely what happened. But I mean, you know, uh, that, like uh, what was it thirty? What you said thirty eight to thirty eight to ten. Thirty eight to ten. Yeah, no, like that's uh, that that point differential is uh, that's four touchdowns. Right. And it's just uh, kind of kind of crazy. Uh, at what at what point in the game where where it was lost, where many many casual fans would would turn the TV off or change the channel, uh, that, like it's it's very telling. And and then and then again, there are a lot of points to be uh, to made and like things to dissect. But uh, uh, as I'm pulling it up, you I think you obviously have it uh, the the right. numbers in front of you. Yeah, to me, uh, yeah. We can go through all the numbers and the stats. I mean, their quarterback did a great job. I, I was impressed by what he did to kind of go through the game film part of it all. They just were more fine-tuned. They wanted it more. Texas wanted this momentum going into, and I mentioned this, they needed to win this game for recruiting purposes. They needed to utilize this opportunity to go through and do some big things uh, in their program. So with Texas winning, uh, does it send kind of a black eye to to, to Utah? Maybe so. Uh, I I don't know how many kids are going to put a lot of energy into how many guys are sitting, how many guys are deciding not to play in this bowl game. But, again, good for you, Texas. Utilize this opportunity to get more practices in. Utilize this opportunity to get some recruits. You know, go with that theme. Hey, we're back. That's good. That could be your new slogan going into the offseason. Uh, but we'll see. We'll that see was, how that was the slogan. That was the slogan last year. Yeah, every year. I, and, and, it come, and it came back around. I guess it may be back again this year. I don't know. But, you we'll know, the, the, the Longhorns being back in, in relevancy. Where are they ranked? Uh, they're not ranked. Not yeah. Well, they're not they, ranked. Yeah. But, so, so, I mean, I don't know how back they are, but. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll see. They'll be back in the top 25 in preseason. I'm sure of that. Uh, Navy, by the way, they went big 20 to 17. Why do I say it's big? Well, they went and beat a big 12 guy. And that means a lot. Again, recruiting purposes are on the line here. Opportunities to finish strong is huge. They're now ranked, by the way, into this game. They were number 23 in the country. They'll move into the top 20 uh, with that win there. The conference lost the most on New Year's Eve night going into it was the ACC, though. If you had to look at it, Kentucky, they in a good matchup, by the way. Virginia Tech, it was back and forth for a while there. The fire, Kentucky wins 37-30. to 30. Now, if you're Kentucky, this is big because you did not look good going into the season. You had some losses there. You weren't even sure you were going to make a bowl game, and you finished 
and five. Eight and five is a lot better than seven and six, and it's only one game. But eight and five, it's a little bit more of a firm grip. It's a lot better finish, and it's the same record, by the way, that Virginia Tech had. Now the Hokies, now if they win, they would have been a nine and four team. That's pretty daggum impressive. Nine win seasons is nothing to hang your head down. That's incredible, actually. And, and eight, eight's not bad either. But you start to kind of look at this thing and, and, and the interesting conversations that happen there. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was a game where there was like a little uh, a, a little preseason pushing around going on there. That was a uh, Kentucky Virginia Tech. Yeah, you said yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, there was I, I preseason watched, stuff. There. Yeah, I watched the the pre the pregame scuffle that yeah. they had. Yeah, I, I watched that. I, I think it was uh, directed to one of the receivers, if, if I'm not mistaken. That that's kind of where. It, that's where where it originated. That's where it uh, started. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think that it, it was great that Kentucky could handle its business and did what it needed to do. And again, uh, you said eight and five is better is a whole lot better than a seven and six. Uh, it's hard season. to believe. Yeah. yeah. And, and and coming off of a lot of years that I can remember, where Kentucky the only the only thing that you mentioned out of Kentucky was basketball, and, and now they're they're kind of getting into the, the relevancy of football in the SEC. Um, I, I, me personally, I still think that they have a little bit of a ways to go, uh, they, but they've obviously gained some traction and, and this bowl game win, uh, against a, um, against a team in Virginia tech who is so, um, I, I think that they just, Virginia tech has a culture of winning and, and, and trying to win. And that, this moral victory, I think for, for Kentucky fans and for the Kentucky, um, program well it goes into recruiting 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 i think this is something again you add to that resume so for them virginia tech i believe virginia tech didn't they win the acc coastal last year i think they did i I think think they won the acc coastal last i think again don't quote us on that uh but i do know that they're a very good team they're they're a very uh consistent program over there but foster of course uh his final game not what he thought it was going to be there for him as he will now right off until the sunset in uh, Hokie land. And uh, it'll be a new face. First time in 23 years, I believe, is what he was there at Virginia Tech. Uh, we appreciate the time, the energy, uh, the effort, all the uh, all the conversations that he's given. Uh, the game of uh, college football on and off the campuses there. As he's, so many athletes have come in, under his watches, the D.C. over at, uh, you know, uh, and I believe he started at Murray State. I think that's where he started. Then goes into uh, Virginia Tech there. Uh, with a coach who, uh, Coach Beamer, was there for many years as well. So Yeah, that's uh, an incredible run Yeah, um, for him, for any coach. Yeah, yeah. And to be a D.C., division coordinator, yeah, he had chances to go coach as a head coach. And he just said, look, I'm good. I'm going to stand here. And, and there's a conversation that Brent Venables is going to do probably the same thing. I, I don't know if he does. Money's not the option. Uh, but the best recruits on that campus right now, for Dabo Sweeney or the on Venerable defense. Boys. Well, yeah. The Venerable Boys. I mean, you know, he ain't going to leave his kids behind. I don't see it. Uh, but but then again, you know, I wonder how good he would be as a head coach, his mindset. Uh, he could be no different than a Steve Spurrier offensively. He could be that defensively. He would be like a Nick Saban. Yeah. Nick Saban is the defensive mindset who, you know, has to, you know, he's the head coach, but his power strengths are on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I want to speak that real quick. You know, Brent Venables, I do believe he could be a, a great head coach. It's just a matter of the, the pieces that he surrounds himself with. And in this case, you know, Dabo Sweeney surrounds himself with a Brett Venables. And so, um, you know, Brett is in total control of that defense. You know, you take a look at the, 
uh, the cameras whenever they point to him and then they cut to the cameras. Uh, in, in Clemson games, you see Brett Venables just he, – he's, he's, he's live, he's animated, uh, sometimes livid whenever he gets upset, and that's why you have, you have to get that coach – um, and that usually the strength and conditioning coach. And yeah, you've seen him a few times snap, uh, snap at his get back coach because, uh, like I said, just so animated uh, that Brett Venables is. But yeah, if, if he's going to leave, it's probably going to be four years out because he, he has a son who is uh, going to be enrolling uh, and is going to be a football player uh, for the Clemson program next year. Uh, to join. Uh, so that'll make two Venable sons on, on the defensive side of the ball. One, I think, is going. Uh, an up-and-coming sophomore or junior, uh, and then the other one, of course, is an uh, incoming freshman. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, that, that's something that uh, a lot of people have speculated. And, you know, Jeff Scott is the, one of the offensive minds uh, for Clemson, and he, uh, I think he's no longer with the program um, as of now. No, he'll be there. Uh, he, he's, he will uh, he, be there? Coach there all, he coached, as a matter of fact, he was there the other night when yeah, I was Clemson saying, won, but he'll be there through the national championship. Run okay, there, all Which right. is kind of – it is what it is. I mean, you know, hey, look, finish what you started there. Of course, uh, your Coach Elliott, right? Tony Elliott. Uh, Tony yeah. Elliott is a James Allen guy. Mm-hmm. He's a local, low country guy here. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's turned down some opportunities at this point to go somewhere else as a coach and do something differently. But uh, to kind of keep it moving on the games that, that were, happened on Tuesday night, of course, New Year's Eve, the final game was Wyoming taking down Georgia State. And, again, congratulations to the Cowboys there as they went 38-17 in the uh, Arizona Bowl over there, and that's the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Uh, again, Georgia Tech, great year. Georgia State, excuse me, great year for them. They beat Tennessee. They had a few other big wins on their docket there. Uh, man, Sean Elliott, five-star coach, surrounds himself with five-star coaches. Got some great players around him. Uh, the senior run from these guys, I, I thought uh, that senior class was very impressive. Uh, he's reloading. Uh, Carlos Sardo, one of the quarterbacks uh, here in our state, is heading that way. And uh, he's got a couple other guys over there, too, uh, that he uh, is, is going to get Chris Bird from Burns. He's a guy heading that way as well. Uh, they've done a great job coming into Palmetto State and getting a lot of really good guys. So reloading over there in the uh, Atlanta area yeah. uh, should be a good time uh, for them. We're going to take another break, come back. We'll look at the games from yesterday. Of course, Georgia Baylor. Oregon, Wisconsin. We talked already a little Minnesota and Auburn. And uh, don't forget, whoa, 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 Michigan whoa. and Alabama. Wait, we're not talking about Navy and Kansas State? Navy, we talked about them already. We already passed them. Well, I guess we did. Yeah, we already passed them. Yeah, right. yeah we already got through them. Yeah, Navy, okay. Navy wins 2017. I mean, we can get into that for a second. We got a minute. You want to talk a little bit more about them? But Navy did beat Kansas State. Uh, like I mentioned, it was a big 12 game there. And uh, that's a big win for Navy. I just didn't put a lot of energy into it. Uh, and maybe I should have. Maybe I should give Navy could, a little bit more ground here, but I'm not I think, surprised. Well, no, I tell you, I think I watched that entire game it, almost in its entirety, and and just the physicality of both sides. Uh, Na- Navy playing very disciplined ball, uh, and Kansas State. I think that they did a good job going up against the um, you know the option uh, that that Navy runs or that that type of offense that Navy runs, and they they were really so um, uh, that quarterback over there. Just, just absolutely incredible uh, football player. Uh, I, I do believe that he is a senior, so they, yep. they will be, uh, they will be reloading on the quarterback side of the ball. But man, just, just like again, the physicality. I can't, I can't express it enough. Just how great of a game that it was. Uh, just, just strength. Who can out strengthen who? Who can out toughen who? Um, and, and that, that was really quick. Just kind of the, 
um, the energy push that that I kind of wanted to give give towards this game because you know the, the Liberty Bowl. Oh man, just great. Well, it's and, historical, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and Navy. Navy now on its run. Uh, you know they they finish uh, they finish eleven and two on the season, and and right now they're ranked twenty third. And then and then after um, after many so ever so many weeks that they re um, that they re rank the teams. I I think that they could could be a potential top twenty or right there at twentieth or or the top twenty five at least. I definitely see them in top. I mean they deserve to be top fifteen. Uh, of course, Brandon Johnson committed uh, to Navy right here on Southern Sports Central right. a few weeks ago. He'll be a big offensive lineman, and uh, his excitement is there. Of course, Brandon, top of the morning, buddy. I know you're on the other end listening in your car, heading probably to the weight room as uh, you've got a few more days for you guys to go back to class next week. But, uh, again, Navy, uh, you got to play disciplined football to play triple option football, and who better to do it than Navy, uh, the, 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 uh, the midshipmen there. These guys uh, finish off a great year. This coach over there, I think he's – He's an underappreciated to some and, and definitely undecorated to others. Uh, guy who continues to win at Navy. Uh, Navy used to be a program that would come in and upset you from time to time, but never would light it up. But 11 win seasons, I don't care where you coach, I don't care what you do, you win 11 games, that's, that's a big deal. So, uh, you know, uh, he, he continues to do what he does here. Uh, we are going to take a break, come back. We'll look at the games from yesterday. That's right, yesterday was locked and loaded. Who was the big winners from yesterday and who, well, came out on the other end of the deal? We're going to talk about that and much more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Man, oh man, I like Jimi Hendrix here, uh, getting you ready to rock and roll here. So we're about 8.33 on the second day of January. Happy New Year to everybody. It's our first show of the year here. As I'm Rich Yelvin, that's Will Porter. We're taking your calls, 323-784-9681. Again, the Matt's Burgers Hotline's ready for you. Call in, 323-784-9681. This segment brought to you by our friends over at Simmons Barbershop, the oldest independent barbershop in uh, not just Somerville, but around the uh, entire Palmetto State. These guys have been cutting hair for a long time, and they've been doing it right here in downtown Somerville. It's the only stop that we go to uh, to get us ready for the next big game. Uh, we, of course, uh, drop by, hang out, and have the conversation. It's like dropping by Mayberry and uh, having that uh, small uh, conversation. And I'm trying to think of the guy's name that cuts hair in Mayberry. Man, it just was on the tip of my tongue. And, oh, my God, I'm looking right at him. But anyway, oh, gosh. It's, a, it, it's a great, great atmosphere to walk in. And, and, and Coach McKissick used to say it's a, it's a, it's a 10-minute haircut and a 45-minute conversation. So he would say keep the, uh, the haircut short and the conversation shorter. Uh, that was one of his uh, many slogans that we uh-huh. heard growing up. So, uh, you know, many great things coming out of there. Uh, you want to know what's going on, and, and, and trust me, uh, that's where you, you would want to go to hang out. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to our supporter of the uh, the, the studio here, Gurns Pharmacy. It is the oldest independent uh, pharmacy uh, in the great state of South Carolina. Of course, uh, that family's been supporting us since day one. They brought us back uh, into Somerville. Uh, after we took the time and went up to gr- the Grand Strand to cover the Grand Strand sports uh, into a studio up there uh, years ago. And uh, at the time, Somerville wasn't on the radio. The high school wasn't. And uh, the family reached out to us, uh, along with Coach McKissick and some others, and said, hey, we, we want to get back on this radio. We want to be a part of uh, of getting us on the airwaves. So can you come back and do it? And I said, hey, you got it, Coach. Hey, I'm, talk, I'm back. Talk about down on the corner. That's where they are. Yeah. They're, they're on the corner there for a minute and then somebody ran through the through the building like through the wind like i guess some kid might have been in the driver's seat and hit the the park brake and it went right through the front window uh, a couple of years ago and poor uh, guy. a good buddy of mine that uh, you know uh, my mentor ted burns who passed away during the holiday season as well uh a, a few weeks ago three weeks ago now uh said you know he used to joke about it and said well you know richie well, well i guess they wanted to have a drive through <laughs> i said yeah ted that, that's Try, about right man. <laughs> But uh, oh, but it's the entertainment man, the quotes that you remember. Uh, ben Moore is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, he'll be one of many guests that are joining us for us. Ben Moore from Twenty Four Seven Sports, Matt Sims. He's also going to join us now. He works for. Uh, he is one of many contributors uh, here to the show, but he covers the LSU guys. He's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ben Moore coming out of Atlanta, and then uh, Bryce Coon. He may actually join us from Twenty Four Seven Sports as well. I think he's relocated to the state of Alabama where uh, he now has uh, some things to do. We haven't talked to him in a while. We may be in here with an old guy that has joined us uh, during the season uh, because of basketball and some other things. So John's had to step back a little bit and uh, do a little more writing, a little less talking, and uh, maybe get in here with him as well, and maybe even Tony Agolini. Hadn't heard that guy's name in a while, right? We'll get in here with him as well. Now, let's talk about some of the games from yesterday because this is an important deal here as uh, time is going to come up and sneak on us uh, this morning. But uh, to me, yesterday, there was a lot of games that I was interested to sit back and watch who was going to do what and how were they going to be able to handle some of the things that were at hand. The Wisconsin game, you did mention that one with Oregon coming out and winning that one 28-27. That wasn't the way it worked throughout the game, though. Wisconsin had a chance to win this one. They were winning throughout they did. the game, matter of fact. They did, and, and uh, it was just – Several mistakes, right. I think, were, were the key uh, plays into Wisconsin uh, 
just falling behind. I think there was one uh, one in particular play was a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown, uh, only maybe 20 yards or so. But like it di- it didn't take that much uh, time off the clock. And uh, I-, I remember there were there were a lot of drives that that Oregon took to go down the field uh, that they they just took a long time, man. They they took they they I think that they tried to take forever uh, with with their time of possession. Um, and, and if, and if I may, so like, say this, Richie, like that, wow, just the, the, the way that the game was played and Oregon, of course, that being in the PAC 12 and they're not that far of a drive from Pasadena, from Eugene, Oregon, and, and for them to, uh, just to only have the ball for about 22 minutes in that game. Right. And there's 60 minutes on the clock, but Wisconsin, you know, keeping Oregon's defense on the field. They did a great job rotating out all of their defensive players the way they need to. The Oregon Ducks did because you know 38 minutes on the field uh, for defense, right? That that can be very tiring. And I I think like me me personally, if it were the other way around, I think that Oregon would have would have possibly uh, ran up the scoreboard on on Wisconsin a lot more than and this wouldn't be a one score game. No, I agree with you there. And, and the thing is for me. This is the way you want the Rose Bowl to go. You want it to go a, a very one-two punch here. It is always usually set up to be a Big Ten versus the Pac-12 guys and, and the historical matchup. This is one of those traditional bowls that we always talk about. Uh, that, that, that Even Nick Saban had mentioned back in 2016, be careful. We don't want to lose the prestige amount of New Year's Day bowl games. And, and there is that fear if we get into an eight-team, a 12-team, a 16-team playoffs, that some of these special bowls, these you know, playing back in the day, playing on January 1st, that was the goal. That was where you wanted to be uh, when it came down to going bowling during the postseason was going to New Year's Day bowl games. And it has lost a little bit of its energy. It's lost a little bit of that neon light, if you will, uh, to what it used to be because of everything there. And there are a lot of bowl games. I'm not complaining, man. Hey, add a few more to the docket because when it's over, it's over and that's it. But uh, for me, a big win for Oregon's program. You know, they, they found themselves on the outside looking in, number six ranked coming in, taking on a number eight ranked Wisconsin. Both of these teams at one point were really eyeballing the opportunity of being in this final four, and they found their way out. And, you know, for, for those guys that put bowl teams together, they did a great job here. Number six, take out number eight. And they only did it with one point. But it was Wisconsin's, I think, game that they lost. I, don't, I, I give credit yeah. to Oregon, but – Wisconsin gave this thing away. Again, it goes on the mistakes that, that Wisconsin made and that Oregon was just able to capitalize on them. Uh, and, and, you know, the, this is the granddaddy of them all. It was dubbed way back when. And this is the um, – Oregon has won its third straight trip to right. the Rose Bowl. And, and they have done – they've done an excellent job. I, I think that in comparison to last year, as far as this year, and I think um, – I, I do believe Justin Herbert spoke on this, but he said – uh, he, one of the things that he said in his post-game um, interview was just of how um, just how great that the win was. But of course, you know, and he he's he's was right there in in Oregon's backyard. He he grew up in Eugene, uh, and he took over his beloved hometown team uh, during its worst season of the century, uh, and, and then scoring this touchdown, possibly the biggest win of his career, the last win of his college career. And one of the things that he said that he wishes that he was, it wasn't over. Uh, and he said, quote, this has been the best four years of my life. I've been honored to be a part of this team. And, you know, only uh, the, the text only says one part of the story, the actual interview 
you can see the emotion right. um, on his face. You can hear the emotion in his voice just talking about how much that he loves um, his hometown of Eugene and, and growing up in the backyard of, of Oregon. Um, I, I, I forget the quarterback's uh, name from 99 to 01 or 02. Uh, but he he wore the number three jersey for Oregon way back in the day, right? And it, it was uh, you know Justin Herbert and and his older brother wore his jersey way back in 2003. Oh yeah. And then you know to flip it around, this is 2019 now. You know Justin Herbert's uh, I think number 10, and to see that the the jersey of which they wore uh, their their favorite player, it, he has kids of his own now and his kids. Right. Are wearing the Justin Herbert jerseys. I think it's kind of cool the full circle uh, aspect of, of college football, and especially being uh, being in Oregon. Uh, you know, that is such a great matchup. I do believe uh, that this that this game uh, came down to, and and for it to be a one point victory, um, does it justice for uh, for the Rose Bowl? No, I think it was a great win there, and and and, and a great win for um, a great win again again for the uh, for the Pac-12 team that, that was able to pull it out in Oregon, like you mentioned three. Uh, times they've come out of this thing with a victory. And again, yeah, I, I get it that it is a little closer to Oregon uh, from California than it would be uh, a, a Wisconsin uh, trip there. Now, that being said, uh, that's a great game. But also, how about this one now? Another game that I, I think kind of gets thrown under the radar, not as much uh, as some, but some more than others, uh, is the Citrus Bowl. Now, this game, again, another big matchup. It's always going to have a, an SEC taken on. Uh, a Big Ten team here, as you see, Michigan comes in here at the time nine and three, you know, and and ten and two was Alabama. And Alabama coming in here after a loss. So when's the last time we talked about these guys losing back to back games? You know, it doesn't happen in Alabama very much at all, at least not with the University of Alabama. And then you got Michigan. Now Michigan, uh, you know, with Harbaugh and what he's able to do now, again, having a pretty good stellar year, only had three losses coming in at nine and three. Uh, what could he do? Well, not much because here comes. Uh, Judy and the crew as uh, Judy Jones led uh, the tide past Michigan, a 35-16. Now, it was Mac Jones, the backup quarterback who came in here. The uh, I call him the uh, fraternity brother. Uh, they went to the uh, the fraternity house and found the typical Alabama quarterback. You know, they're not known for having, you know, uh, well, I guess they are, but they're not. But but what normally they get is, is, is just some average Joe quarterback comes in. Now, of course, uh, they did change that when, when they had – Mr. Hurts come in, and then they had, of course, uh, Tua came in there. But this guy, Mac Jones, uh, just a basic guy, comes in through three touchdown passes. Jerry Judy became the first Alabama player to top 200 receiving yards in a bowl game and the ninth-ranked Crimson Tide topped, uh, of course, uh, number 17 Michigan in that 35-17 win in the Citrus Bowl. But for me, it was just – it was a point to prove for Nick Saban. Uh, he mentions that in many interviews. That they had a point to prove here. They had to come here. They had to win big. They had to finish strong. And it's a big win for Alabama. For them to beat Michigan, uh, the stage was set. Everybody knew that, man, if this, by chance, Michigan team was able to upset Alabama, this conversation is totally different. And now the football world is, is up in air because they don't understand what's going on in Titletown, USA. Yeah. Um, you know, something to take away from Michigan. Uh, you know, they've dropped 16 straight road or neutral site games against teams ranked uh, number 15 or higher in the AP poll, including all 10 under Harbaugh. And the last time the Wolverines won such a game was January 3rd, 2012, over then number 11 ranked Virginia Tech. And so 
uh, it, Michigan and, and the, the crew up in Ann Arbor, I, I, it, it's hard to, to fathom just how much that, how much that Michigan tries to incorporate this culture of winning and, and they make it sound like that they've won all these national championships, man, they, they haven't won a national championship since the 1940s. So first of all, give, give that, give that a rest, just pump the brakes. But second, you know, you, you invest all this money in this time, um, in, into Jim Harbaugh and, and this, in this organization, uh, bringing, bringing back the good old boy, uh, that, that is uh, Harbaugh, but like is what, what is their end goal? Because they, they continue, they, they try to establish it, but yet they, they've like fallen back and, and like whenever they think that they get ahead one step forward, they end up taking two steps back. Think back to the beginning of the season when, um, you know, Michigan, they dropped a few games there that they, that they should have won, or even the games that, that were so, so uh, intrinsically close uh, games to be won or that could have lost again, a, uh, one of those coin toss games, but yet and still under Harbaugh's tenure, the, the success measure at Michigan is beating their rival Ohio state. And they haven't done that in the past what five or six years. It's been, it's been six. such six years. It's, six. it's been such a long time coming. And, uh, and, and I don't, I, this is not me advocating to, to try and get rid of Harbaugh, but it's more of the, the cultural, uh, the, the culture staple that I, I they need to try to incorporate or, or if they are even incorporating some kind of culture, it needs to be one that that's far better than, than putting up uh, 16 points, uh, only 16 points against a, a, an Alabama team that doesn't have their star quarterback uh, in, in Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, speaking of Tua, uh, yesterday the, the news came across that he is going to announce, uh, I think it's next Monday. Uh, it, yes, he will announce his NFL draft decision uh, this upcoming Monday, two weeks ahead of the deadline. So uh, it, it's going to be a very crucial decision across, across the college football spectrum, but also the NFL spectrum as well. The implications of, uh, you know, just exactly what, what is this going to look like for, uh, for everybody? Uh, and, you know, the, the one thing, I think that does not need to get overlooked is just just how spectacular that he is, even with uh, him being uh, har- hobbled. I was going to say hobbled, but um, hobbled. Uh, the one thing, uh, too, talking about Tua, is uh, this is a this is a tweet coming from Marty Smith. Real quick, and I'll hand it back to you, Richie. Um, the head athletic trainer trainer from Alabama, Jeff Allen, tells me Tua's rehab includes very controlled strength work and a lot of aquatic rehab fracture is still healing. So rehab is conservative right now. They will advance to full weight bearing over the next two to three weeks and then a more aggressive strength work. Uh, so that is the, the, it's not a, an official update, but uh, with a source close to the Crimson Tide uh, staff and, and a guy like Marty Smith uh, and, and just the update on, on his uh, hip injury rehab, um, they, they seem to be making progress in that and trying to keep him um, trying to keep him healthy either for his return or for his um, for his send off to go to the NFL. Uh, your thoughts on that, Richie? Oh, man, it, it's got to be. It's one of those things for me. You know, it's like this. Nick Saban says it best. If you think that leaving now, you can you can definitely upgrade your potential, your opportunity in the, in the next level that then take off. And it's got to be at a certain role. And I, and I don't believe for any, any reason not to, that he will be a top selected 
draft pick. I mean, this is a guy who has proven that he can be a leader on the field. Uh, very little distraction off the field. He's a great team player, so he'll fit many teams, multiple teams. But my thing is, if he comes back and he suffers an injury, it, it could hurt him a lot more. It can hurt him a lot more um, than, than 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 not going, if that makes sense to me. So for me, yeah. you know, I hate to be that guy, but if I'm too, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and say, look, man, I hate the way I, I hate the way this ended, but I can't take a chance in coming back and and making this injury even worse. This is his second injury in a row, season-ending injury in a row that that basically is kind of hurt because last year it was his ankle. That, that hurt. Last year it was right. the ankle, and now it's the now it's the hip and now the, and the hip. Is, and, and again, th- with this hip injury, it, it's a very unique injury uh, because like everybody, when it first when it first happened and and it was first announced, uh, the the fracture um, or or the break there in the hip, it was uh, people immediately thought to uh, Bo Jackson uh, yeah. and, and the the type of injury that he suffered. But and it was the same injury, but the the difference is now. We here in in twenty uh, now it's twenty twenty, but then in twenty nineteen, uh, this just this a couple months ago, the 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 topic or or the point to be made was it's it's now and we're taking we're taking very very extra extra care of him. Not to mention the fact that medical technology is a lot better than it was uh, back in the seventies eighties when when Bo Jackson's injury occurred. Right. Um and. Again, I I can't harp on the care that they're that they are displaying and trying to give uh, to Tua, uh, and, and it was spoken about. Uh, you know, Nick Saban spoke about it uh, as well. You know, it, it, when he was asked about Tua's injury, he said, "You know, I, I'm not a doctor. I've never operated on anybody's hip. I'm struggling to be a good coach." Um, I, I think that's a question for a medical person. We have a lot of <laughs> hip specialists that uh, have given the family a lot of information. Uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Our medical staff has done a great job of getting to a, to this point, and his rehab is going well, and that's what we're going to be uh, responsible with, trying to help him uh, in the short term. And they, and they were asking uh, about him being medically ready for the draft. Right. I think that that, that question also can be um, the reading in between the lines, you know, is this a possibility that, that he comes back? Right. I, again, with him being such a high, uh, just a high up um, draft prospect in the first place. Right. I don't think, I just can't see him uh, falling back and going another year um, in his college career after he's, he's already proven himself. Right. Um, You know, being, being a national champion, being an SEC champion, such a, such an incredible quarterback. And, you know, it does seem that it's very short lived, but, you know, if he does deem, if Tua deems that it's it's time for him to move on, then um, then he'll move on. But of course, we'll see what happens. And and he has he has an insurance. Um, I think he has draft insurance. Oh yeah. Uh, so no no worries there for getting uh, for getting his monies. Yep. Now other games that happened uh, yesterday, of course, uh, and this one kind of shocked me a little bit too. Was watching the factor that that Georgia, who who again, you know. Looked really, really good all throughout the year, minus their loss to South Carolina, then turned around and, and, and lost to uh, the likes of LSU. That's the only two losses they have, by the way. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina beats them at home. Bad loss there. No such thing as a good loss, but that's a tough loss, if you will. Probably a better phrase for me. Uh, and then they get the doors blown off of them, uh, LSU style. And uh, that's that's an interesting conversation there. But then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you 
Stadium go into this bowl game in the Sugar Bowl, and they destroy pretty much handle business against a very good seventh-ranked Baylor team. Another team. Had there be eight teams, this team would have been in it as well. Matter of fact, this could have been a matchup if there were an eight-team playoff team anyways, because it is number five taking on number seven. And uh, you, you kind of look at this one here and the headlines that, that, that happened with this game. And uh, Georgia, of course, uh, Pickens caught 12 passes, 175 yards, and a touchdown as uh, number five Georgia defeated that eighth rank uh, to some and seven to others. Uh, Baylor Bear team there. Now, Georgia, of course, a uh, lot of momentum. Man, oh, man, Kirby Smart, a lot of momentum. And uh, there was another coach on the sideline there that they brought in who uh, they talked highly about him as well. So, Georgia, a lot of momentum. And I think that's kind of the phrase there for me for Georgia is that they needed this win. Not only did they win their bowl game, they won a really big bowl game at the Sugar Bowl, another one of those New Year's Day bowl games that you don't hear about because of the uh, playoff system. But to beat a team in the Big 12 that you've heard how good they were all year long, there were some distractions there in Baylor camp because there were words that that coach may be looking to go coach in the NFL. Maybe uh, I think I might have seen some things there with uh, – I'm trying to think who would have been. I think it was either Cleveland was or New Cleveland. York, and then he immediately shot those down. Yeah. Uh, and, and it wasn't that he was going to seek those out. It was that Cleveland, I think, was trying to seek him out as far as uh, trying to uh, see, hey, would you would you like an NFL job? And he said, no, I'm I'm great with what I've got. And and you've said it too. I'll say it again that I think that a lot of the college coaches are are good at where they are right now because they have control, they have say so in in choosing their players and in a lot of the game decisions uh, that go into uh, selecting you know who's going to play and and like how practice is going to go and all these things um, and, and a lot of the the football um, a lot of the player movement. Um, decisions that have to be made Uh, a lot of the college coaches they have control over that Um, now really quick a lot of the Georgia players they stepped up uh, in in this game because they were without about what a dozen regulars and and that was uh, three starting offensive linemen Uh, and some of them were injured some of them uh, sitting out to protect their uh, health uh, for the NFL draft Um, and you know DeAndre Swift one of them uh, the top running back, if if not the number one running back uh, in the NFL uh, draft up up and coming, uh, he saw limited action because he had an ailing shoulder. Right. But he praised a lot and, and high praise to Georgia for being able to, you know, fill in those pieces, fill in those gaps uh, that they had to. Uh, and, you know, uh, and like LeCount, he was not surprised uh, to see the younger reserve step in uh, effectively. Now the takeaway uh, Georgia is just going to have to wait uh, on Fromm's decision whether or not that he will turn uh, pro uh, or come back and have one more season of eligibility. Uh, the thing with Baylor is that they they expect to have prominent players back uh, and once again uh, be contenders or one of the contenders to win the Big 12 again. Uh, you know the defense uh, last night they sacked Fromm three times. And they were solid enough to keep the Bears in the game until about the fourth quarter. But it was Baylor's offense that, that struggled much of the night and had little balance with just uh, 61 yards rushing. Right. And, and I think that it was the ground game that really stopped them against a very great Georgia defense that, that is effective in stopping the run. Uh, and, and that was one, one of the uh, key pieces in, in Baylor's offense that was taken away from, uh, from them, from the Bears. Uh, but again, a lot to look forward to because this is this is only this is still the beginning stages of the, this Baylor Bears team. 
uh, getting back into a, a conversation of, uh, of relevancy in, in the Big 12, but also in, in the national conversation. They are ranked seventh, by the way, uh, and, and they did end the season 11-3. and three. Uh, Wish it was 12-2, and two, but, you know, nonetheless, nothing, that, nothing to uh, hang your head down on. You could, this is a season to hang your hat on, and, and this is something to, uh, to look forward to next year with those young players coming back in and a lot of key pieces. Uh, and, and I think that uh, Baylor being one of the top, uh, I, I think, I want to believe, top 25 recruiting classes in the country uh, this upcoming year, there's a lot to look forward to with this Baylor team. And, and I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them uh, to, to win the Big 12 next year if, if a season like this continues on into next season. Well, and this has a lot to do, too, because Brock Vandergriff, I believe is how you pronounce his name, he is uh, one of the top uh, recruits. Matter of fact, uh, after uh, Oklahoma getting blown out of the water, uh, he actually decommitted. He was a quarterback committed to go to Oklahoma. He's out of the state of Georgia. How does this all work together? Because if, if by chance this quarterback from Georgia, he decides to leave, he goes in there. He goes into this slot. He gets a chance to do something big. So yeah. my question is to see what he's going to do. He did release something that the last couple of months have brought to my attention how hard it is going to be for me to attend a college so far away from home. I would like to thank the coaches, and Coach Riley, Coach Beamer, Coach Hill, and all the rest of the football staff at Oklahoma for the opportunity. With that being said, I will be decommitting and opening my recruitment back up. No interviews, please. Please respect my decision. And you see that, just like you just saw, I don't know if you saw this, where South Carolina just got uh, a commit from, uh, from a guy from Colorado State with Mike Bobo coming to the uh, team. Here comes his quarterback. Yeah, That's going to be an that... interesting talk, too, but you know, we won't have time to get into yeah. that right now. But it's, we'll get more into that. We'll table that and the other conversation going into, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow. Now, there are two big games here today, Boston College. Uh, they're going to get to do their thing here today. They'll, of course, be playing Cincinnati. That game is going to kick off at 3 o'clock on ESPN. That is the Ticket Smart Birmingham Bowl. Ooh, don't miss those games. And then uh, Indiana, the Hoosiers, 8-4, and four, taking on 7-5. and five. The hot Tennessee team, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That's going to be uh, tomorrow, actually. Um, that's that's today. Yeah, that is today. 7 yeah. o'clock? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's today. So, yeah, 7 o'clock here on ESPN. So, uh, a lot of going on here, uh, a lot of conversations happening. Uh, here on the show. I do want to give this number one more time. If you're having that day, it's just not your day, and you're not feeling it, uh, pick up the phone and call over here uh, to a number that we have uh, definitely uh, uh, adapted here, and, and, and we will continue our push and pull to help you any way we can here for anybody who's having some bad days. 1-800-273-TALK. On behalf of myself, I'm Richie Altman. That is Will Porter saying so long, farewell. We'll talk to you bright and early Friday morning, 7 a.m., guys. God bless.